Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I play pretender that you know better than the ones lying down at the grove. Yeah, I almost told you, but I've been mocked up. I've been trying to play it cool. You've been down to and you. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's the issue Cause I hate his Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Jassy Bella with Claim Me. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. Hello, Mildred and Reginald. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I like Mildred. That's a little suiting. Mildred and Reggie. Uh, I'll answer to anything. You know me. (laughs) So what are you, Nigel then, Carl? Uh, I'm Otto. (laughs) Otto, okay. (laughs) Nice track, right? I like how um, uh, she's got a good sense of timing. She was right on the beat on uh, her... Uh, really good rhythmic vocal. It's alliteration. Hard to, it's hard yeah. to do that well because you, you can do yeah. that badly. She, she was right on the beat. Yeah, very cool. She's got good time. Almost yeah. almost kind of rap in a way. Kind right? of, yep. yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But she actually, she found us. She took the liberty of emailing us, submitting, and I think she holds the record for an artist where we've sent her the link to the podcast agreement and the questions and like within 10 minutes both were done which was very pleasing because that well, never yeah. happened so, so not only yeah. she's right on rhythmically she's right on administratively <laughs> she, is, she is she 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 knows how to get her stuff done which we yeah. appreciate she has a good <laughs> sense of time yeah mm-hmm. right right are we done do you have anything to say is that it <laughs> <laughs> that was it <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see Jazzy you next Bella week. Jazzy Bella, claim the episode. We are done. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I'm such a beetle nut, but I saw this great. Everyone's heard of Glenn Johns, right? Yeah. 
Well, Glenn Johns is a great producer. He produced the Eagles. He produced the Stones, Dylan, the Who. He started you know, out an engineer, right? I yeah, mean, Bob was, uh, Dylan, yeah. Linda Ronstadt, yeah. the band, Eric Clapton, you know, on and on. Steve Miller, you know, Blue Oyster Cult, Rod Stewart. He also produced the Beatles. He was in that right. Get Back documentary. He goes, my whole experience with the Beatles was really no different from any of the band, except it was the Beatles. <laughs> wow, that's interesting, yeah. You know what I'm amazed? Again, I keep bringing this up, but this sounds kind of bizarre for me to even say, though. But, but Greg, you know this. We have so many great musicians over the time. Why are the Beatles so still revered? Why are they so revered? I don't know, man. I, you know, I mean, and you always accuse me of like not being a Beatle fan. I, I think it's extraordinary what they've done. They didn't capture my imagination. I think for precisely the reason that they became icons. And that is that the timing was right for them. The timing wasn't right for me. It's just bizarre that, like, you know, of all the bands, because you know, there's Elton John, there's Dylan, but why are they like this, like these, like, God-like the Beatles, my God. Well, like, I think it had something to do with the idea that, you know, of the long tail, which we've talked about on this podcast before, the idea that, there used to be basically two or three methods by which the world saw what was going on. Now, with what they call the long tail, there are a million methods by which people can find something or be intrigued by something or experience some awe. But when you are on a television program that three-quarters of Americans watch, you know, the jury isn't out very long. Either they're going to think you're the next great thing or they're going to be, eh, I'd rather see the guy spin the plates. Right? But what I'm saying is that did happen in 64, but why is it last 60 years? You know what I want to do? This is what I want to do. I want to do a, maybe in the next few weeks, I want to do a special question. Why do you think the Beatles have this longevity? I think that's cool. And I want to send it out. I want to send it to Scott. I want to send all these different people. I want to get about 20 or 30 people. We can have a Beatles episode. Right. And just see really what, and and have people who don't think it's, you know, and just get a whole, ask young people, ask older people. Ask some of our listeners. Right. Anyway, so, um, Nicole, so you have anything to talk about? So I I have a few things. Go ahead. Um, One... So you and Greg surprised me and some of our listeners a few weeks ago by saying that she who should not be named obviously is not your favorite, which we already knew, but that you enjoyed Miley Cyrus. That was just interesting to me. So I have a question for you and and Greg. Do you like the Spice Girls? How does that connect? I love the Spice Girls. (laughs) (laughs) How, How does that? Okay, so it formulates in I went to my niece's first dance recital this weekend and they actually did a dance to um, spice up your life and they had all the little girls dressed as each of the spice girls because there was five of them and it just dawned on me like it'd be funny from time and time again to just get you and Greg's opinion on very you know out there people who I don't think you would like but maybe you'd surprise me did you like the spice girls I have no opinion of I have no opinion of the spice girls why do you know I love I love the spice girls because I saw it as the manufactured thing that it was. I thought the blonde was cute. 
<laughs> baby spice. Baby spice. I'll tell you something funny. They were the monkeys. You know, they were right, the girl exactly. the girl version of the monkeys. Pretty the very much. kind of manufactured, calculated, you know, uh, career. I mean, I was too old when they hit. Maybe I was nine. I liked the monkeys when I was nine. That's when I liked the monkeys. If, the mon- if I was like 20 when the monkeys came out, I might have thought they were a joke, you know? It's funny. <laughs> but you, there was, there was a band that came out post Spice Girls that was the, kind of the heavy rock version. And they were basically a throwback to the Runaways. And it was a band called the Donnas, and they oh, I remember were them. fabulous. They were fabulous. They were wonderful. I mean, you, that, that was a completely manufactured thing, too. But I've always had a thing for girl bands. I love girl bands. You know, I like the Bangles. I like the, you know, the... The Go-Go's. Uh, I wasn't so, so much on the Go-Go's, but... No, I, I love the Spice Girls because I I would rather watch the Spice I'll be, Girls. I'll be honest with you, them, not man, for nothing, you know. but I think the Go Go's were more of a real band than the Bangles. I think the Bangles, I don't think they wrote their own stuff. The Go Go's mm-hmm. wrote that stuff. They had that Susan Susie chick. I think they were yep. more of a real unit. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just like the sound of their records better than the other. But uh, yeah, the Bangles no, are more I, poppy. I'm I'm, a, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, which Spice Girl was my favorite. It's the the redhead Ginger. Ginger Spice? Yeah, Ginger Spice. Uh, I saw this great clip of Peter Tork, one of the monkeys, on Letterman maybe like in 1980, so like 10 years out. And he was saying how like you guys, you know, were this manufactured group, but at the at that time you actually rivaled the Beatles. In 66, they sold more records than the Beatles, the monkeys. And they hung out with the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles right, right. dug what they were doing. I think from from the fame aspect. One thing I liked about Peter Tork, though, he goes, listen, we have nothing to do with any of that. Even minute, he goes, Don Kirsten gave us those songs, they produced those right. songs. Those first two records, we just went into the studio and sang on them. Had nothing right. to do with the production, with the arrangements. I think arrangements. Was the wrecking crew on the, on the entire Yeah, record. all that yeah. stuff. So, like, I take no credit for any of that. We were just, like, the hired singers, the faces to be on that. So, yeah. even, like, he knows that they're, like, they've become this kind of big deal, the monkeys, for some reason. They have kind of sustained for some bizarre reason, but again, 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 why are the monkeys still kind of? I think it, I think it's just a popular thing that uh, people are comfortable and people are intrigued by them. I mean, people have talked about for fifty years. People have talked about this thing inside the business they call the X factor. I don't know right. if, to this thing that you can't describe that when people walk into a room they just have it. You know, right. It's, it's interesting to go back. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you go and look at YouTube, the screen tests for the guys when they were auditioning for the television show, The Monkees, all the screen tests are up there, and they're really interesting. So do we, have anything, do we have anything that within this century to talk about? Well, one thing to note, this is the episode after it happened, but CMA Fest happened last week. Oh, they're still doing that? They're still doing that. <laughs> I thankfully was out of town for it, so I didn't have to run into that debacle. I saw clips from a couple artists that we follow, saw clips from a couple of more like influencers that were there. I don't know. Like, it, Greg, what do you think? Has it lost its its shine? I, I think, think so. I, it used to be called Fanfare, and they used to do it at the fairground. Was fair it a fan grounds. fest? Fan fest, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, fan it was fair? fanfare before fan fest. 
And then, and you know, it used to be a thing where people would stand in an unair conditioned, you know, like kind of and meet their idols, stable, and meet the people that made the music. Right. And it was it was pretty quaint and pretty interesting. I did probably ten of them. I worked them as a music industry person, and it used to be fun to go to and interesting. Now it's like everything else in Nashville. It's like six flags over something, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it's impossible to get around. Everything is $30. Oversaturated, and overstimulated, just, and overpriced. It's insanity. My theory, it becomes a refrigerated magnet shop. You know, like, I remember like <laughs> when I was, you know, I remember when I, when I first time I was in Memphis, right? Street, and it's a t-shirt shop. And then like the Bleecker Streets become a t-shirt shop. I went to Liverpool like about 10 years ago on my Beatles sojourn, and Matthew Street, you know, where the cavern was, it's become a t-shirt refrigerator magnet street. So wow. it, it's all it is. Like it loses all the charm of what it once was. Yeah. It's, it becomes this like just merchandise, crappy t-shirts, crappy caps, you know, Beatles things you can buy I just stupid stuff like same things ha same thing happened to uh key west i used to go so, there so why the do they so what happened so basically cool. people just ruin everything because i guess are people just stupid <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i think the word got out that there's this festival in nashville and you can come and see and meet you know many of these big wig artists and it just got too big for its britches because now you don't you can't even meet the people that maybe some people idolize and whatnot I think humans are basically a subspecies. I, I, I think we're in the final days. We, I know. Whenever we get involved in anything, we just ruin it. You know, <laughs> if, if you're if you're a great artist, a record company gets you. They ruin you. If you're a great actor, the movie business gets a hold of you. You're doing Marvel comics. You know, if if like the fashion world gets a hold of you, you look like an idiot. You know, whenever whenever we get a hold of you, we ruin it. Well, I don't know. I mean. It, the, the whole Nashville thing is just ridiculous anyway, because I can't understand why they continue to do the things that they did when the labels were supporting everything, because unless I miss my guess, the labels aren't making the kind of money they used to make when there was physical product to be sold. I could, I could be wrong about that. Um, it's been a while for a Carl's Rule, but you know what? 100% of the time, the people who are in charge never should be the people who are in charge. <laughs> well, that may be true. That goes that from politics. Because the, the people who, who, who should be in charge never aspire to be in charge. That's yeah. the problem. Because yeah. they, they know what a headache it is and it's stupid. It's <laughs> always... The people that were left. <laughs> it's just the jerks. Oh, I'll, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> So we're going to hear a, another song from Jassy Bella called Break Up Honeymoon. But before we hear that, we're going to hear from our sponsor this week, which is the 9420 Podcast. This episode is sponsored by the 9420 Podcast. That's right. We are sponsoring ourselves this week and encouraging you all to listen to the over 100 episodes we currently have in our rotation. Each episode features a new independent music artist who's looking to make it in this industry. For more information, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Remember I started right Just so you could walk out Saying this is it this time Remember how I begged you to stay Sadness turned into rain 
I dream you get down on your knees But not to beg and to plead Baby, seven months too late Where were you when I couldn't leave bed? Hanging on by a thread Can't believe you thought I'd wait My girls always knew you do me wrong Did I tell you that these days I'm my bond? Oh, baby, baby, guess you wouldn't know Since you're not the one I'm waiting for Recap, honeymoon, let me get over you With that guy and some shot in me You never dance with me anymore I'm on a brand new altitude So stop back in my view Get my eyes on somebody else Do you say that it's for the best? It's over, yeah, it's over production she reminds like she does and she has good production she's got a good team behind her it does remind um, me of something what, what is she it? reminds me of like an early 2010 like demi lovato selena gomez you're style. right exactly mm-hmm. you're right it's from here right very commercial mm-hmm. um, very sinkable yeah it's it's funny um I was been watching a bunch of those reels on social networks mm-hmm. of uh tay and it's of what of what taylor his call, nickname for tay oh god <laughs> And and so it's funny to watch all those people, like 80,000 people, 100,000 people sing the songs. And that song, to me, felt like something that, that you know... Like uh, her fans would be singing back at her. 19-year-old girls mm-hmm. would be singing. Yeah, exactly. So I do have a little something that I was going to bring up in the podcast, and I want to get your opinion. Okay. Uh-oh. I want you to... You really want our opinion, me. though? Yeah, I really do. I, okay. I want your opinion. That's scary. <laughs> I want you to tell me whether or not you think I'm out of touch. So I'm going to choose my. I'll try to do this quickly, but I want to choose my words very carefully. Well, I, I, I know the an, I know the answer already. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're out of touch. No. So you know how we've talked for the last couple of years about how this is going to be a, a new golden era of live performance because. People want to go out. Only you've said that. <laughs> we haven't. But said I think that. it's true. I think it's showing. Okay, well, good. We we've said that, f- like a, a like music artists do need to embrace more of the live performance because it's a really good way to grow their following, especially oh. if they can go get ahead. a ticket what, on a what, larger what you, artist what you platform. What do you not? What do you not? Well, out of so touch I had about? this experience a couple weeks ago, and it's been bugging me, and so I want to get your opinion. So this is what happened. I used to work with a lot of very successful songwriters, and I met a particular songwriter through somebody that I worked with, and they were with the same publishing company. They had three or four records out in the 90s. I'm a big fan. I've always been a fan of this person. And post-pandemic, this person kind of comes back and says, I'm going to do a bunch of shows. So I'm 
out to eat with my wife a few weeks ago, and I see this poster in the window, and it's my friend of 30 years. Okay. And this songwriter that I think is just fantastic, right? And he's coming to a local venue here, and it's a very small, cool venue, 100 seats, and I think to myself, this is fabulous. This is fantastic. I'm going to go celebrate his performance. Okay, cut to the chase. I go out to get tickets for the show. It's 50 bucks. Okay. And I didn't do it. Why is it too much? Because I think it's overreaching. I think it's too expensive. Am I out of touch? I did not buy the ticket. And I I felt bad about it because I'd love to go see the show, but uh, I missed it because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't come off the 50 bucks. So yeah, I think a little. I think a little bit out of touch. If if it was a concert you truly wanted to see, I don't think fifty bucks, even a hundred bucks, is unreasonable to like go see someone. Well, it's partially you're cheap. <laughs> partially. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did we talk to somebody? Let's get out we of there. We did. So Jazzy Bella answered our questions of the week. Okay. So the first question that we asked her is to tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, I'm Jazzy Bella, and thank you so much for having me on. Um, so a little introduction of myself. I'm originally from the super cold north of Sweden, and I moved to London about seven years ago. I originally started my journey when I was about, I'd say, 12 years old, when I started competing in music competitions all over the country back home in Sweden. It was usually my grandmother taking me, kind of touring me around. Um, she was definitely the only one who couldn't take a no when I wanted to go somewhere and compete and as I grew older I kind of expanded more and more upon my passion which primarily is songwriting and that led to some opportunities in London which then led to me moving literally just kind of overnight taking my stuff and and moving over to London and in the beginning of that period I primarily focused on songwriting and collaborations but as of last year I started taking things a little bit more seriously started working with a new producer and released my first proper single if you will called Claim Me and that was definitely the first song that got some radio recognition and now I have just released my new single called Break Up Honeymoon. Man she said the magic words for me she's talking about radio Mm -hmm. I like that. And she's got a new single coming out I believe in about 10 days called Rosalind too so we'll make sure to link that in the show notes for everyone to pre-save because I mean I think it's going to be good. It's very cool. So, yeah, so what do you know, Greg, what the deal is over in Europe? Like, like how different is the industry than it is here these days? Well, it's, uh, well, obviously it's smaller. Yeah. But it's I mean, changed, it's but it's changed so much here. Has it changed that much over there as well? No, I mean, the reality of it is that uh, even though in Europe, you know, you have uh, markets, you have kind of state owned radio, you've got like kind of a network model, right? Right. So, but. For the most part, the thing that never got talked about is that 80% of the music is imported from the United States of America. So, and that just never got talked about much, but that's the way it works. So her focusing on radio is something good to do. If you can break radio in the States, you know, you're talking about 8,000, 9,000 radio stations versus the four or five big ones across Europe. So... 
We have another question that we asked her, and that is to tell us what music artists have influenced your career so far. Some of my first childhood memories are from this house in Stockholm that I lived in with my family before we moved to the north. And those memories include my mom playing ABBA and Celine Dion on repeat. And I remember Michael Jackson and Britney Spears being on the TV consistently. And these artists were definitely the ones that exposed me and, and inspired me in terms of performing and singing. But later on in life, it was definitely Taylor Swift that was the biggest inspiration because I had always been writing my own songs and Taylor really kind of helped me push the boundaries of how honest you can be in your songs and you know that there's there's no such thing as a taboo as far as you know topics and subjects goes. She really taught me to write songs in a way where it's as if no one's listening and I think that's the biggest lesson any songwriter can learn. You know again just like the Beatles Britney baby just like the Beatles I hear Britney in her music <laughs> but just like the Beatles women have been writing great expressions of songs for decades why is all of a sudden taylor getting all this credit for being this chick songwriter you know <laughs> particularly since she didn't write some of it you know what i'm saying like there are so many other more expressive women songwriters since the 60s and 70s like wh why is she all of a sudden like the pinnacle of like why is she getting the crown it's just bizarre well, once again i think it was because the novelty of her first couple records was the idea that she was young, really young. And so you would instantly become an influence for, you know, kids a similar age. So that was the novelty of it was she was so young and you weren't really hearing, you might be hearing a Carole King. Right. Uh, there you go. Songwriting voice, but you weren't hearing a 14 year old songwriting voice back then. And even when Britney was doing what she was doing, she wasn't writing any of that. You know, so you were still hearing that 30-something voice. Anyway, what's the last thing we said? So the last question we asked her is, what is one service in the music industry that is currently not offered oh, to indie music to artists? I think a service that the music industry needs and, you know, especially up-and-coming artists, artists that are just starting out, is some kind of, you know, website or service that helps us look into how legitimate services are. So... For example, playlisting, PR services, all of this. There are so many scams on the internet. And, you know, most artists that start out, they got a full-time job and they're spending their own earnings on everything that's going to progress their music career. And often that money is, you know, thrown out the window because they're not investing in legitimate services and companies. So I really think there needs to be some kind of handbook for, for new and upcoming artists in that sense. Well, my feeling is this. If they're asking you for money, it's a scam. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. The thing is, if someone's saying, well, give me this and I'll give you that, it's a scam. That's it. Right, Greg? Well, nah, I, it's a scam. I don't know. You know how I, you know how I feel about it. It goes I mean, back. To, it goes back to taxi. Remember taxi years ago? Well, right, and it, that that used to be the rule of thumb. If they're asking you for money, keep your money and go do that thing yourself, right? So, basically, digital distribution is it's conflated everything. So I think you have to be careful about who your digital distributor is. Other than that. 
It's the Wild West. That would be fun. That would be fun. Like you know, just like take an endless amount of money. Like take just take a two million dollar budget and just yeah. pay for every deluxe you know program that the scam on the thing with one song and see if anything ever happens. <laughs> yeah, right. Like pay. Let's see if you could get yeah, I'll, action on I'll, one. I'll, song. I'll give you the five hundred a month. I'll give you the three hundred. I just pay all these people and see what see if yeah, anything right. happens. <laughs> so funny. All right. Before we get out of here, I got two things. One. So anyone listening, I'm going to put a question up on 9420.com. Why do you think the Beatles are as revered as they are? And we'll link it in our social media accounts in the coming right. weeks. And we will send it out to our email list. So make sure that you're subscribed. And we're going to do an episode in the next few um, weeks, you know, and we'll play your, you know, your answer. 9420 talks mm-hmm. about... The second him. and most importantly, I'm, going to, I'm asking this to my fellow co-post, co-podcasters. I was going to call you potsters, co-potsters. <laughs> What's a potster? Anyway, why do we do this? Why do we do this podcast? Oh, come on. <laughs> Greg, why do we do this? I, I don't know. I think the, the, the audience is slowly, slowly, slowly oh, coming man. around. So we'll see. So what did we learn today? Yeah. Why the Beatles are great. And I'm tight. And you're cheap. <laughs> Yeah, and you're cheap. <laughs> and out of touch. That's it. Was it, was it. And we got to discover a new artist from across the pond. Right. There you Yay. go. She, she's great. Yeah. Very cool. Get us out of here. I will. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For everything that we spoke about in our show, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T W E N T Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. 